You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. So it is still the Christmas season, but it is the beginning of a new year. Soon, the season of Epiphany will be upon us, and the season of Epiphany is a time in which we are called to simply marvel and stand in awe of God and the things that God is doing. As we go through the Epiphany season, or Mardi Gras season, or King Cake season, however, as we go through this Epiphany season, reading after reading, worship service after worship service is all about standing in awe of the mystery of God's grace. And so we begin that moment of standing in awe at the place where God's story begins. At least God's story beginning with us. Our reading today is from the book of Genesis, the first chapter, beginning with verse 1. Our reading today represents all of that first chapter of Genesis and that creation account. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was an evening, and there was a morning, the first day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The last time we had gathered, uh, minus the um, Christmas kahoot that we had last week, which was, which was a lot of fun, uh, but for Christmas, we were talking about the different symbols of our faith and how those symbols represent a word or an idea, right? We had the star of peace and the tree of hope, the manger of love, the angel of joy. And we ended with, on Christmas Eve, we ended with the word of God. Jesus, Christ incarnate, is the word of God, the word of made flesh. Words are powerful. Words are the way in which God chose to bring everything that is into existence. It's not with a, a, a thunderbolt. It isn't with a clap. It's with, it's with words. Words are powerful. And the words God chose are three little words, right? Let there be. Those words are so very God, because those words are not there shall be, as if God is, is ordering things and demanding that there be mountains and demanding that the platypus be a mammal. It's words of permission. Let there be light. Let there be mountains. Let the earth bring forth vegetation. Let the earth fill the seas with swarming creatures. It's a word of permission. It's so very God. It's not strong-handed. It's 
I will allow it. And then get out of the way. Let there be. Even though these words are permissive, they are still full of great power. When God speaks, things happen. And reading this word, reading God's word, diving into it, studying it, is a means of allowing these words to be our words. I was watching a a documentary uh, this weekend on uh, the development of language. Uh, it, was, it was about the development of the, of the alphabet, you know, because uh, I watch PBS. <laughs> um, and did you know, do you know why the alphabet is in alphabetical order? They don't know either. It just, it just is. It's just one of those things that just is. When we got it from the Phoenicians, and who got it, we, Egyptians, Phoenicians, uh, uh, Persians, when we got this alphabet, it just kind of, it kind of was. But this documentary said something fascinating. It said that words are how ideas travel through space and time. Words are how ideas travel through space and time. That's fascinating. Thousands of, the only reason we know anything about the Egyptians is because we've seen their hieroglyphs and we know how to translate them. We know what the Egyptians were thinking thousands of years ago because they wrote it down. It's almost like an idea going through time travel. It's fascinating. Words are how ideas travel through space and time. Words are how an idea becomes real. Of course God created through words. There was just too much love. There was just too much stuff within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit, to be kept to God's self. So these words spilled forth, let there be. Though creation is baffling, because creation doesn't have to be. It's a humbling thought to realize that if we weren't here, the universe would work perfectly fine as it is. Creation is baffling because creation doesn't have to be. And yet it is. And the creation account is filled with this superfluous, though beautiful, extra language that doesn't have to be, but still is. God called the light day. Why? It's because God wanted to. Light would, be, would work perfectly fine if it was given any other name. Light, God called the light day and the darkness God called night. Because when God creates, when God, through permission, allows things to be, God doesn't just leave them there. God names them and claims them and gives them purpose. God doesn't just create to leave it be. God called the light day and gave it a role to play. Like on the fourth day of creation, when God created the sun and the moon and the stars, the the scripture says God created these things for the keeping of time. When God creates, God names, God claims, and God also gives purpose. But it is important to note that when you get to the end of chapter 1 in Genesis, at chapter 2, verse 4, 
verse 3, really. Chapter 1 bleeds into, the first creation account bleeds into chapter 2 of Genesis, which is kooky and weird and fantastic. But when you get to the end of that first creation story, God says it is good. It is very good. God does not say that it is perfect, which can sometimes be a surprise. God doesn't say it's perfect. There's no room for improvement. It's perfect. Nothing wrong will ever happen. It's perfect. There will never be accidents. There will never be mistakes. It's perfect is not what God says. God says, which is the understatement of forever, it is good. It is very good. But God never says that it is perfect. Let there be light so there may be day. Let there be water so there may be fish. But why? It doesn't have to be. So why is it? Why? Three other little words. Because I love you. Let there be. Because I love you. Oh, the power of three little words. <laughs> Let there be. Because I love you. Love is like God naming the day. Love doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be practical. It's like God naming the evening night. It just is. And it's beautiful as is. Throughout scripture, there are words describing the magnificence of creation. And I think some of the most beautiful come from an early Methodist hymn, Go Us, by William Cowper, based on Proverbs 8. It goes like this. Thus wisdom's words discover thy glory and thy grace. Thou everlasting love of your unworthy race. Thy gracious eye surveyed us ere stars were seen above. In wisdom thou hast made us and died for us in love. And couldst thou be delighted with creatures such as we? Who when we saw thee slighted and nailed thee to a tree? Unfathomable wonder and mystery divine, the voice that speaks in thunder says, sinner, I am thine. Thus wisdom's words discover thy glory and thy grace. In other words, creation is God's word searching for a way to express itself. There's so much love bound up within the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Spirit, that it spills forth upon a formless void, and God brings order to the chaos. God's love is searching for a way to express itself, and, and we find waters parting and mountains forming. God's love is pouring out, and plants begin to sprout, and fish swim, and birds fly, animals creep, and then humanity awakens. God says it is good. It is very good. And then, and then God and creation rest in each other. That's the, we are not the culmination of creation. Resting in God is. On the seventh day, God rested in creation and creation rested in God. And I've heard it said that love is learning how to waste time with someone. 
Love is learning how to waste time with someone. We search for words all the time to describe what love is, but sometimes words just don't work. Sometimes it's only expressed with a child's hug or a mother's kiss or hearing the voice of a friend you haven't heard in a long time, or finally seeing someone and taking the mask off to see their entire face. Love takes a lot of different forms, and sometimes words aren't needed. Sometimes it's as simple as a smile. Sometimes it's as grand as the Taj Mahal. And sometimes it can only be expressed with music. Uh, My wife, Christy, it's our anniversary today. Woo, go us. One of her favorite artists is, and we're spending it at church all day. Woohoo! Um, one of her favorite artists is Jim Croce. And he sang a song, um, where is it? Ah, each time I tried to tell you, the words just came out wrong. So I'll have to say I love you in a song. Sometimes it can only be expressed in music. There's a, a scientist at Duke University who who started studying the relationship between music and emotion and how words make us feel. He wanted to discover why a song in a major key sounds happy and a song in a minor key sounds sad. And this is what he writes. Much of music's power lies in its ability to communicate without words to speak directly to our emotions. Melodies can etch themselves into our brains and remain for a lifetime. Have you ever heard a song that you just can't, you just can't forget about? Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. You're welcome, do 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 do. Baby shark. Music is composed in minor scales. Sounds bright and spirited and happy. And music in minor scales. Sounds sad and dark. Songs can break your heart, but also can help mend it. And then he he made a startling discovery. He says that our speech, when we're saying happy words, we're speaking in a major scale. And when we speak difficult words, we speak in minor scales. Our speech, our words, are also songs. Much like the the birds of the air are talking to each other, but we hear melodies. The same is true if we take the time to recognize what the other is saying and to hold on to it. We too will hear the song of their speech. Of course, God created through words. And this word became a symphony of cre- Did you know the, the leading idea of why anything is is called string theory? And if you've seen back, uh, Big Bang Theory, then you know a lot of, of what this is about, right? That the smallest fundamental particle of anything that is, is a tiny vibrating string. All music and speech is, is vibrations going through the air. I love when science catches up to the church. We were the first ones who said God spoke matter into existence. And that seems to be true, that vibrations give birth to everything that is. How cool is that? 
It means that with every breath we take, there is the potential to sing a symphony of praise to God and a melody of love to our neighbor. And through that, we might just find our name, our purpose. Have you seen uh, Pixar's Soul that was released? If you have Disney Plus, if you're one of the cool kids that has Disney Plus, well, first you have to finish The Mandalorian because that's the best TV show ever. Space Western, sign me up. But then after you finish The Mandalorian, you have to watch Disney's Soul or Pixar's Soul. Fantastic movie. I won't give the big reveal away, but it's about a jazz musician who is finding his way in the world. And he, he says over and over again, and he's a middle school band teacher. So he's already getting into heaven, right? So God bless him for being a middle school band teacher. But he's trying to find his purpose and, and jazz is his life. And if he can't play music, he doesn't feel like he can live. And then, of course, shenanigans happen. <clears throat> like with every Disney and Pixar film, something wrong goes, uh, something wrong happens. <coughs> Excuse me. And he discovers that jazz, jazz just might not be his purpose. But you know what is? Like regular old living, walking, talking, breathing, smiling. That's what life is about. It is about the small stuff. Those tiny things that we do every day to make the world a better place. In other words, creation is love in search of a word. Creation is love in search of a word. And that word becomes music that makes things happen. So what is, what is your word? What is your song? What song are you going to sing to make 2021 at least a hair better than 2020? What is going to be your song? What is going to be? Have you ever wondered what creation must have sounded like when everything came into being? What did let there be sound like? I imagine that let there be sounded like a melody, and it's that theme upon which the rest of creation was based. And then, of course, on the second day, as love was continuing to search for a word, on the second day, that must have been in perfect harmony with the first. third day, God must have added dynamics, giving the melody and harmony direction and movement and life.
And then on the fourth day, God provided the base, that foundation, that ground that we stand on. Then on the fifth day, God gave birth to the tenor line because tenors deserve a day all to themselves. the sixth day God and humanity awaken and God invites us to sing our own song matching that melody so the world might know the love that is within the heart of God and then one day one day we will all rest within the heart of God So sing a good song this next year. What song has God put on your heart? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and most loving God, we give you thanks for this melody of life. The harmonies of creation made this song send us out into the world to offer peace, to serve our neighbor, to offer healing where there is sickness, and to be good stewards of your word. Words are powerful, Lord. Help us to use them wisely. Help us to sing your praises. Help us to be your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.